Welcome to the Modern Mamas Podcast. We're here to provide a safe space for open dialogue, insights, and anecdotes about empowered pregnancy, labor, delivery, parenthood, and everything in between with zero judgment and open hearts and minds. I'm Jess, a level one CrossFit trainer, a birth fit coach, and a licensed and certified athletic trainer. I have my master's degree in kinesiology, and I am currently studying to be a certified nutrition consultant. I'm the blogger behind Hold the Space Wellness, as well as a mama to two small kiddos. And I'm Laura, a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, birth fit Santa Cruz regional director, and mama to Evie Wilder. I'm also the woman behind Radical Roots, where you'll find recipes, fitness insights, travel tips, consulting, and more. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We are so happy you're here. Happy New Year, friends. We are so excited to kick off this year with another incredible giveaway, and this one is all about self-care. We've teamed up with some of our favorite companies to give away items that we've personally used for our own self-care this past year, and we cannot wait to share that love with you. The first item in the giveaway is a bottle of our favorite grass-fed organ complex from Paleo Valley to nourish from the inside out. The next one up is an entirely plastic-free Pura bottle to keep you hydrated and toxin-free that I personally have used and loved, and so have my kiddos. And then, for your reading and self-care pleasure, we're giving away a copy of the brand newly released 21 Day Sugar Detox Daily Guide by Dan Sanfilippo. And we've also teamed up with two amazing strong mamas who are putting self-love goodness into the world and empowering other mamas in the process. Cassie Joy Garcia brings you her all-access seat for three months of her next Fed and Fit project. And Miranda Shivers, incredible athlete and mama to baby Knox, is offering three free months of do-it-at-home street parking fitness programming. How sweet is all that? All you have to do is subscribe, rate, and review the Modern Mamas podcast. Take a screenshot of your review and email it to us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. It's as simple as that. Giveaway ends January 31st, so don't miss out. When you leave a review, it helps others find our tribe. We're so grateful to have you here and so excited about all that 2018 has to offer. Hello, this is Jess, part of the Modern Mamas podcast. I am with my husband, Tim. We're a little crazy this morning. We've had a couple cups of coffee, extra shots of espresso, and we just did the whole Wayne's World countdown to start, which just totally threw me off. So anyways, welcome guys. If you have listened to Laura and Rusty's episode, you kind of know what this episode is going to be all about, but basically we wanted to invite our respective husbands on and give you guys a chance to pick their brains, put them in the hot seat. And it's going to be an interesting episode for uh, me too, because Tim has not been prompted on these questions. And I'm kind of scared about what he's going to say. Hi, Tim. Howdy. <laughs> so a little back, a little background on us. Tim and I have been married for six years now. We have two kiddos together. And, and actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell you too much of our story because I'm going to force him to, to tell it. But um, if you know us, you know we do a little quick check-in and give you some heads up on what's going on in our world in the last couple of weeks. But... Let's see, what's been going on, babe? What's been going on in our family? Um, well, this past weekend, we had, what did they call it? Ice-mageddon or something? Ice-mageddon, 2018. Yeah, in Texas, which is pretty absurd. <laughs> like, a little bit of ice 
comes to San Antonio and the whole city shuts down and school was canceled and we didn't go to work and Camille was sick this weekend. So we were home for four days. (laughs) We were trapped, trapped with our children (laughs) for four days and the just treacherous ice outside. Um, and I don't know, it's just weird coming off of like holiday break, getting back into work and then having a holiday Monday and then ice and sick kids and just feels like 2018 is started. I don't, it's like it hasn't started. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Wash next Monday will be the official start of 2018. Um, I think we're both ready for like schedules and normalcy to be back in place. So Tim is, is I'm very much a like schedule type a, I like everything to be the same and everything to be organized. And Tim is kind of not entirely opposite, but I would say more of the free spirit in the relationship. But you know, I feel like you value routine and structure when, at least when it comes to family life. Yeah. Is that, is that wrong to assume? No, it's right. <laughs> I mean, I, it's weird, but when there's structure, as far as taking the kids to school and knowing what time they're going to be back and knowing like when my meetings are during the day, the rest of the time I can just do what I want. And right you know, like if do something spontaneous. Yeah. Um, so it's like the schedule kind of allows me to, to be spontaneous, to have that free spirit. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Let me think what else is going on. Done a couple of recipes on the blog. Hopefully you guys have seen those, um, and a couple more in store for you. And yeah, that's pretty much it. 2018 has been kind of weird, but we're ready to get it going. So Anywho, that's our check-in. I kind of want to just get jump right in and get going with the questions because I am so curious <laughs> um, <laughs> what you're going to say. First of all, tell tell the readers, the readers, the listeners, how we met in our story. Actually, I think that's a question. Hold on one second. Where is it? Where is it? Tell us about your love story from Tim's perspective. When did he realize you were the one? Oh, this is too good. Dang. <laughs> We're going to start hard and heavy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jess and I met in Corpus Christi, Texas, which is where I'm from. It's a, kind of a small town on the coast, uh, the Gulf Coast of Texas. So um, I was working there after college at a physical therapy clinic Um and just started working there. I had probably been there, I don't know, maybe a year or so. And just came in one day. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> um, so we all wear scrubs. Uh, or we all, when, when I worked there, we all had a schedule and we wore scrubs. And Jess came in one day and she was wearing khaki pants and a black polo. And shaking things up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, who's this new girl? And, um, she walked in and of course the first thing I thought was like, holy cow, who is this gorgeous woman walking into the clinic? Um, and I could tell she was going to work there cause someone was showing her around and, um, you know, like showing her where everything was and what she's going to do and whatever. And so I was like, holy cow, beautiful girl. I'm about to work with. This is awesome. And, um, 
so we started working together and you know building a friendship um, and a relationship and when I say relationship I mean you know we, we were friends and co-workers um, but I had you know I had an attraction to her and as I got to know her I started liking her more and more and it was just weird she knows exactly what I'm going to say, but it's like she never, ever brought up the fact that she was in a relationship, that she was dating someone. And so I just assumed that she wasn't in a relationship because we never talked about it. And so I was just thinking, you know, I was like, all right, so we're going to do this courtship thing and I'm going to make her my girlfriend. And, <laughs> um, and then one day I overheard her talking to some other girls in the clinic and they're like, hey, are you so excited to go visit, you know, your, your boyfriend this weekend. And she's like, yeah, you know, um, where was it? Kerrville or something? Or uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Either. Anyway, <laughs> she was traveling to go visit her, her boyfriend. And I was Before, like, yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah. And so I was just crushed. I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, she's dating someone story of my life. I was like, <laughs> beautiful girl walks in. I want to date her. We're like really hitting it off, becoming good friends, you know, hoping for more. And then all of a sudden she's, yeah, (laughs) all of a sudden she's going to visit her boyfriend, whatever. So at that time I was just like, okay, well, you know, she's dating someone off the table. You were very respectful. Yeah. I was respectful and I was like, not going to pursue anything. And, you know, we're still friends, but I guess we worked a lot together and we talked a lot and we really, I mean, we really just became really great friends and, um, had a lot in common and valued a lot of the same things. And I was just like, man, this, this sucks. Like this girl's awesome and I want to date her and she's got this boyfriend. And so I was talking to one of my mentors about this, a guy that, um, He's just been really influential in my life, and I talk to him all the time. And he's a bit older than me. He's, I think he's about 10 years older than me. And he was married and had kids at the time, starting his family. And, uh, you know, I was telling him about this situation. And, you know, I was totally thinking that he was going to be like, well, you know, she's taken, and you, know, you better back off. And But I was, like, telling him this, and he says, well, is she married? And I said, <laughs> I said, No. She's not married. She's just dating this guy. And he's like, well, shoot, if she ain't married, I mean, <laughs> it's like, get in on that. Like, you know, go, go talk move. to her. Make your, make your move. See what's going to happen. It's like she's not, she's not married, and if she likes you, and, you know, just see what happens. So anyway, um, I really didn't, like, go in, like, with the intention of, like, man, I'm going to break them up. And <laughs> Yeah. No, you know, I didn't it wasn't, like that. It really all. wasn't like that at all, and I think just you know i don't know i guess well, tell them what what i tried to do first oh yeah so are you getting to that point yeah are you skipping over no I, I kind of <laughs> forgot about it yeah so the funniest i guess one of the funniest parts of the story is that while we were friends and while she was dating this other guy she was like oh my gosh like you need to date my sister <laughs> and so she totally was trying to hook me up with her younger sister sam who's now my sister-in-law um and it was just funny because I don't know. I guess I just wasn't interested and I was interested in Jess and she's like, well, you know, let's go to this Christmas party. We had a company Christmas party. And, um, I was trying to like make the magic happen. Yeah. So me and Jess kind of like, I took her to the Christmas party. We weren't necessarily dates yeah. because Jess 
brought like invited her sister mm-hmm. Sam to the Christmas party. So basically, she was trying to play matchmaker and hook us up at the Christmas party. And so, like, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty like like I don't care really what people think of me. And um, I was just trying to be silly for the Christmas party, and so I shaved this like ridiculous like handlebar mustache. It was so not attractive. It was disgusting. <laughs> And um, it was just a, a really nasty, like handlebar mustache, very unattractive. And I kind of, I kind of just forgot that, you know, it's, oh yeah, I'm supposed to make a good impression on on Sam. <laughs> um, I was more doing it because I wanted people to laugh at me at the Christmas party. <laughs> and so I show up and I have this handlebar mustache, and I meet Sam, and you know, nothing happens. We don't like, you know, we talk to each other yeah. or whatever. Um, everyone, you know, we dance and have a good time, but it wasn't like. Y'all didn't hit it off. We didn't hit it off. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's... that's Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awkward. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, anyway, long story short, like, Jess, Jess and her dude at the time, um, you know, they ended things, and it wasn't, like, because of me or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just they had stuff going on, and it wasn't working out, and it wasn't, it wasn't right. And so they ended things, and then... You know, I was just right there to <laughs> to, to catch her and comfort her. So I was right there. And um, I'd say, so we started, I think we started like officially like hanging out slash dating that summer. It was like July because I remember we did like a 4th of July like workout with the gym. And there was like a 4th of July party at, at our church that we were going to. And so that's kind of when we first started hanging out. And that was, so that was July. Um, we, I, I don't know. We just started talking about getting married, I'd say in like September. Yeah. Really Um, July, August, September, like two months later, Mm -hmm. um, which is really crazy thinking (laughs) about it now. And then October, I actually like got her a ring. Like we went and looked at rings, got her a ring. I don't know. It was very like not traditional. I would say like, I didn't like surprise her and propose it was like hey like we should we should get married like let's talk about this and so we talked about it kind of jokingly and then it got really serious do you remember how you proposed to me oh i do it was so bad (laughs) do we have to tell that yes we do (laughs) okay so anyway we pretty much knew it's like okay we're getting married like picked the rings sold my two fishing kayaks that I owned your babies my babies so that I could put a down payment on this ring <laughs> um and so I'm like oh my gosh I have no idea how to propose to this girl it was like it's like we already know we're getting married yeah. like why does this have to be a thing it's awkward I don't know so I was like literally googling like oh what are some romantic ways to propose and so I just picked this arbitrary way of proposing and I so like we were in bed, went to sleep, and then I was like, the thing was like, okay, you're going to put the ring on her finger while she's asleep so that when she wakes up, like, making her coffee or whatever, she'll notice it. Like, it'll be a surprise. It'll be fun. So I'd say, like, for an hour, <laughs> I was trying to get this ring on Jess's finger, and I couldn't do it. I mean, it's like, it's like, how do you put a piece of jewelry on someone while they're sleeping. It's like, <laughs> I'm trying to shove this ring on her finger. My it, hands probably like totally limp. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, every time I touch her, she like starts to stir a little bit and then I have to pretend I'm asleep. And it's just like the worst thing ever is really trying hard to get it on there. And finally she wakes up 
and it's just like I'm just like come clean I'm like okay I'm trying to propose all cute here like this isn't working and then I got you know did the knee thing it was like proposed in the middle of the night like in the dark yeah it was the best really truly that's that was that was a good it's yeah. a good story. So that and we so anyway that was October. Yeah. And then we got married in, in December. December. So yeah. G- July to December was our courtship. Courtship. Yeah. So when did you realize I was the one, babe? Um. Was there like one moment? One moment? Uh, no, there wasn't. It was just gradual. It was like obviously I saw you and there's a physical attraction. And so that's like the start of it. And then getting to know you, becoming your friend, like really talking to you and, you know, all of that, like compounding and then deciding like, well, this is the girl I want to marry. It wasn't like a love it. You know, it was like love at first sight. This is the one it was, you know, got to make sure that, you know, we share the same values and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, that leads me to the next question here. The listeners want to know for both of us, what do you admire most about other each other as a parent and as a partner? Who's going first? I'll go first. Okay, <laughs> let's see. What do I admire most about Tim as a parent? I think his patience is is the number one thing. <laughs> He's making a face like, what? Wow. Of the two of us. <laughs> You are the more patient. I don't know about that, but maybe. Well, it's true. So I just remember, so when we just had Bear, we went through some pretty tough times. And, uh, you know, Bear didn't sleep well um, at all. And he had night terrors and things like that. And so I remember there were times where I would get up and just be losing my mind, like angry, just like this was like the third time we had gotten up that night and bears like losing his ish. And, you know, I'm just like, I can't handle it. And Tim is really like, he would go in and just hold bear and just be with him and just be there for him without like the emotional, like emotions getting out of control. And he still does that with Camille. Like anytime she gets up, he's the one that I'm always like, okay, you go do it. Because I, I just get to this really like emotional place very quickly as a parent. Um, and he is able to really step back and just be patient. Like it is insane how patient he can be. So, I mean, I'm not, not to say that he's like perfectly patient hundred percent of the time. Cause nobody is, but like, that is one thing where if we didn't balance each other in that way, it would be really, really hard. So at least it's a give and a take. Like if I'm losing my mind, like about to freak out, he's usually like holding the space for me and like got his ish together um, and then vice versa. So that's what I really, really admire him uh, the most about parent wise as a partner. Ooh, it's a good one as a partner. I think one of the biggest things is that he's always pushing me to learn, um, which I think is huge because (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) cry. Um, 
I, you know, I just have this tendency, like we mentioned in the beginning, like I like to get comfortable and I like to, you know, I don't like change. I don't like change of any kind. And that's in pretty much any regard. So like, I don't want to change our house. I don't want to change. I don't want to move. I don't want to change our structure, our schedule, our jobs. I don't want to change anything. I don't want to learn about something new. <laughs> like I like the things that I like and I want to learn more about them, but I don't want to be challenged in that way. And so Tim is the opposite in that he's always constantly searching for, you know, new interests and new things that excite him and, um, you know, sharing those with me and then challenging me to do the same with the stuff that I'm interested in. So, um, he's the one that got me hooked on Hamilton, Hamilton. I'll admit it. It took about (laughs) how long would you say? Like two months, two months. It took like four or five months, four or five months. Okay. Yeah. So I would get super annoyed every time he would play this Hamilton stuff or he would try and talk to me about like this biography he's reading or like how awesome Hamilton is. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I want to go look at food recipes. Stop talking to me about this. (laughs) Um, until finally one day I was like, you know, sounds catchy. I like it. (laughs) And now she prances around the house, like (laughs) rapping, like doing some cabinet rap battles. It's intense. (laughs) It is. It is intense. Um, so that's, that's what I like. That's, that's my jam. Okay. About you. My turn. Yeah. Hurry quick. Think of something. (laughs) Okay. So I think, man, it kind of sucks as an answer, but as far as just being a parent, um, what I really admire it's just kind of a lame, like, but she's like just so organized and with it with these kids. And I'm like, I'm always thinking like, man, if she wasn't around, like, I don't know what, like kids wouldn't get, you know, medications. They wouldn't get to appointments. They wouldn't get anywhere on time. And Jess just has her shit together when it comes to like holding the family unit together as far as like, um, I don't know, like, a some sort of manager, <laughs> uh, a home, a CEO or what was that? C- COO. Yeah. She's the chief operating officer of our home. Um, which is awesome. You know, it's like, cause I'm, I'm very unorganized, um, sporadic and just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and just as far as like with the kids, I mean, she's like got the schedule down and she's, just, Hey, you know, bear has this thing at this time on this day, we need to be there and make sure you put it in your calendar. And, you know, if she wasn't doing stuff like that with our kids, then yeah, it'd be a mess. So sorry. That's a lame compliment, but that's <laughs> it's not lame. Just not romantic. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Romantic. So what I really admire about Jess as a partner is I'd say there's two things and they kind of coincide, but one is, um, she really allows me to be like, to take a leadership role in the family. And I know that sounds weird. Like she's managing everything, but you know, she looks to me to guide our family, um, to lead our family. And if I'm doing a poor job, she'll let me know in a loving way. She'll say, Hey, like, I really need you to step up and, you know, lead our family in in a certain way. And, you know, that's like amazing, you know, because I just feel like it's hard to say something like that to someone. And so in addition to that, she's just very supportive. Like she said, it's like, 
like I'm not the kind of guy that's like, you know, get your job after college and work for 30 or 40 years and save for retirement. And it's like, I'm very sporadic and free spirited and Jess, man, I know how hard it is for her to like deal with that because she likes so much structure and organization. And, you know, she was like, I don't want to move and I don't want to do this. Like, I'm like always like, Hey, we should move and we should (laughs) do this and we should start this kind of business. And, you know, I know it kind of drives her nuts, but at the same time, she's always, always been supportive in anything that I want to do. Um, I say like, Hey, you know, I'm really thinking about doing X, Y, or Z. And she's like, okay, like, let's talk about it. And, you know, I support you and let's go for it. And so, you know, she's, she's just really good about encouraging me and supporting me. Oh, babe. (laughs) So sweet. (laughs) Okay. We have another question. I kind of divided these up into sections. Um, these are, these questions are all about kind of connection and stuff. And so we have one more, um, and I'm interested to see your perspective on this one. So a listener asks, what are some simple ways y'all still connect as a couple after having kids? I feel like our priorities here have gotten to be kids, work slash business, self-care, and then our marriage, which is not healthy, but it's like, if we don't take care of the other things first, life gets away from us. We're definitely not struggling as a couple, but I don't feel like we're as connected as we used to be before kids. Does this sound familiar to you? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, whoever asked that, I mean, they, they hit it on the head. It's, you know, your priorities start to change. Like it's like when you're dating and you don't have any real like responsibilities and you're just hanging out and having fun. It's like completely different than when you're raising a family and you have careers and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I think, you know, it can get, it's very easy to, become complacent in your marriage and just like go through the motions and become like roommates. And, you know, that's happened to us. Like we've struggled with that. Um, I'd say ways that we try and combat that is like, we do set aside money every month to go on dates. Um, some months that money just sits there and we don't go on a date, but, um, you know, we really try and make an effort to get FaceTime, like without the kids, whether that's going to have coffee together, going to lunch one day, like the, the good thing about both of our jobs is that they're pretty flexible. And so there are times where Jess will just be like, Hey, do you want to go grab a coffee? And I'll say, yeah, let's do that. Or we'll say, Hey, you know, like let's let's, meet for lunch or something. Let's meet for lunch. You know, it's like being um, intentional about getting FaceTime uh, with Jess is important. And so And sometimes like we need like a real date where we're like, okay, like Grammy's coming over. (laughs) We're going to go sit down and eat a dinner together, like a long, slow dinner. Oh my gosh. And you know, maybe we'll go to a movie or maybe we'll go grab a cocktail or whatever. It's like spending hours with each other uninterrupted. Um, and just, you know, getting that time together. And also I want to chime in a little bit too. It's like learning, so we both did the love language quiz that Laura um, had talked about on a podcast recently. Um, and that was really eye-opening, too, because I learned that Tim really likes, um, what was it, quality time is your number yeah. one. And that was totally not what I expected to be his number one. And so, but quality time, when you read the, the description of it, it doesn't always necessarily mean, like, y'all are sitting and staring into each other's eyes, like, yeah. for hours. It's like... 
you know, when he, I've really tried to make an effort. Like when he's interested in something like multi multi family investment properties, which (laughs) means literally on an excitement meter that probably registers a negative one in terms of things that I'm interested in. (laughs) That cash on cash. (laughs) He quizzes me sometimes to make sure that I'm, I'm actually listening. But, um, anyway, so really like when he's talking about something, I like try and put my phone down. It's not always perfect, but try and put my phone down, try and look him in the face and like show him by my body language that I am like receiving what he's saying that I'm interested in hearing about it because he's interested in it. And I don't have to like necessarily pretend like I'm super excited about cash on cash returns, <laughs> but just trying to be more mindful of that. Um, and then also it doesn't have to be face to face time. It can be side by side time. So if we, we know we enjoy watching shameless together, that's something that we do every Sunday. So we sit side by side, we curl up together. We like touch each other, like physically, like snuggled yeah. up. Um, and that's just a way like in this busy season of life where, you know, dates are few and far between that we just try and connect. Yeah. Um, and then through the day, like, you know, trying to just touch base here and there, like, Hey, how are things? Like, how are you feeling? Like, how's your day going? Um, just gives you more of a sense of, you know, where they're emotionally at during the day. And you can kind of adjust your, when you get home together and y'all are trying to like get the kids to bed, you can just adjust your, I don't know, your output depending on how they're feeling. And I don't know. Would you agree? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I think, well, I think Jess made a good point. It's like quality time. I think we both, yours was, was that number two? I don't know. Anyway, we both had quality time. Mine was up there at number one, um, on the love languages, but that doesn't, yeah. Like she said, doesn't necessarily mean like, Hey, let's, we need to talk. Like let's sit across from each other and just talk about, the meaning of life. Yeah. It's like, it can be face to face time, which is good, but it can also be like what we call shoulder to shoulder time. And before kids, that was easy. It was like, Hey, let's go on a hike. Let's go work out together. Yeah. Let's go ride bikes together, whatever. And it's like now I've never rode bikes with you before. In my it's life. an example, <laughs> okay. but whatever, whatever it is, um, you know, shoulder to shoulder time. Now that means like, Hey, let's sit on the couch side by side and put something on the TV. Um, you know, to make fancy drinks too. Like, it's like, even though you can't go out and get a drink together, we'll buy, I'm just like throwing out some practical things that we like literally do. It's like, we'll buy some spiced rum and get some things to like go with it. Or we'll do NorCal margaritas and, um, we'll do like date nights at home where we do like nice steaks. Um, you know, and, if you can, I would suggest waiting to eat your dinner until after the kids are asleep so that you can actually eat it <laughs> warm. Not that we do that very often, but, no. you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Kids are, obviously, they need a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of the most important work that we're doing together as a couple right now in this time. And so we're very aware of that. And we also know, I think, that this won't be forever. You know, it's it's a, it's just a phase of life. Yeah. and. One day, we talk about it longingly all the time. (laughs) In 18 years, we'll be able to have a quiet (laughs) dinner together. (laughs) Yeah. So we're in it for the long haul, too. I think that's... I mean, we both have talked about it at length. Like, this is it. You know, like, we're stuck with each other, so we're just going to hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think... 
I mean, to put a bow on that question, it's just being being intentional about making time. It's like it's very easy to be like, holy cow, we're so tired, and this is a season with our kids. And um, But when you're intentional and you say, hey, next Friday we're having a date, like babysitter, let's plan this, whatever. You know, as, as long as you're being intentional about it and following through, I think it, you know, you can always make time. Awesome. Okay. This one's a good one. Everyone's dying to know. Dying to know. Okay. (laughs) Why don't men want to communicate or say how they feel? It is hard to guess, and mine just gets mad when I ask him. Tell us, babe. Why? Yeah. Reveal to us the mystery. Heavy. (laughs) Um, Well, there's a couple things there. One is men and women are just different. I mean, men, and I, you know, I say this from obviously like I'm a man and this is kind of what I experienced, but I have friends and I have, you know, dude friends. And I hear about this even in church and it's like, you know, there's pretty universal things about men. Um, and one is that we just, you know, this isn't all men, but like most men just don't like to talk about their feelings. Right. It's like, we don't, want to talk about it. It's like, we want to keep it in, you know, internalize it. Maybe we want to talk to a buddy about it, but it's like, sometimes it's hard. We've experienced this. It's really hard. Like if I'm struggling with something, you know, Jess is like, Hey, you know, what's going on? It's like the last thing I want to do is just be like, well, I'm struggling with this and this is hard. And it's like you, you want, uh, you want to lead and you want to show an air of like, like, you know, like I'm strong, I can handle this. I got it together. Right. Which is hard for men. It's hard for men to be vulnerable. Um, I'd say that's the first part. It's just hard in general for men to talk about their feelings. Um, the second thing is that sometimes we just don't really know. It's like, sometimes I'm just in a mood and I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if I'm angry. I don't know if I'm sad and that sound I know that sounds weird to women, but it's like, it's like, I, I don't even know like what I'm feeling. I'm like yeah. this, I just, I'm in a weird place. I don't know what it is. So don't ask me about it. Cause I can't <laughs> explain it. Um, so that's part of it. And I think also like, I think there's, you know, as Jess does a really good job of this, but I've been in past relationships where it's like, you know, my significant other will say like, Oh, you know, why are you acting like that? Like what the hell's wrong with you? Like, it's just, it's not coming from a loving place where Jess is more like, you know, Hey, I can see that you're struggling with something and she won't push me. She's like, Hey, you know, you need to talk about this. It's more, um, I'm here. I'm here if you need to talk about this and I'd love it if you shared with me, you know, it's like, it's, and like I said, like that's comforting, but at the same time, I'm just like, well, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But like we had a really big conversation, you know, a few months ago where I just kind of sp- spilled everything that I was thinking and feeling. And, you know, it's really hard. It's just hard for a guy to be vulnerable, especially with their wife, who they're trying to lead, who they're trying to be like the man in the relationship and hold things together and be strong for the family. It's like, it's hard to go to your wife and be like, man, I'm really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say like, as far as advice, you know, let your dude know that like you're there and you're ready to listen, but don't, 
don't push into it and say like, Hey, you know, you're hiding something and you need to talk to me and what's wrong with you. And why are you feeling this way? And it's like, if you're just consistently doing that, it just shuts the dude down even more. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, why, well, you know, this is, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like, I mean, partially it's just conditioning, like societal conditioning. I feel like boys, especially now I feel like it's getting a lot better. And it's something that I've really tried to work on with a bear. I'm saying like, boys don't cry or like, you know, you need to toughen up, be a man or whatever, because I feel like men of your age and like generation, it's, it's hard because they've been repeatedly told like they need to be tough and like not feel feelings, maybe not like directly, but just like indirectly. And so I feel like that's a struggle too, because like times are shifting and women want men that will like feel feelings and express themselves and all this stuff. And so it's just very like contradictory in terms of like maybe what you've been brought up with and then what like society is expecting of you now, Yeah, you know? So I feel like that's one thing. Um, I don't know. Do you feel, do you struggle with that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, that part of it, maybe you're not aware of it, but yeah, I think something else that's important that you know, I've struggled with also is having like very close guy friends that you can like, cause dudes just feel more comfortable. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't say like dudes just get together and talk about their feelings, but if you have, if you have a true, like I'd say I have, you know, two to three super close guy friends that I can call on the phone and say, I'm struggling with this man. Like this is hard. And they'll be like, all right, let's talk this through. Like, like, I feel like if you don't have that, then it's like, you're just kind of bottling up a lot of your emotions, a lot of what you're feeling, a lot of what you're struggling with. And the last person you want to talk to is your wife about that. Right. It's okay to talk to your wife about that, but it's also nice to have a guy's ear so that they can listen, that y'all can like hash things out. And that when you get home, you feel a little bit of relief because you're like, man, okay, I'm kind of got this figured out. Maybe now I can talk to my wife about yeah. it. It's like, you know what I mean? Totally. I mean, women do that too. It's yeah. like, it's healthy. It's healthy. It's healthy to bounce ideas off people that have been there. Um, you know, I do that with Laura all the time and vice versa. And, yeah. um, I think that's great advice, babe. You're so wise. <laughs> He's rolling his eyes at me. That's how we keep the romance alive, folks. <laughs> Okay, so moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about just parenting and logistics. So I will say before we head into like all these parenting questions, we do not have parenting figured out. We were actually just discussing this. Who um, does? Who does, right? Yeah. I mean, the people that think they have it figured out, I don't know. Something's wrong with you, but um, just kidding. Don't don't hate me. Um, So parenting (laughs) is at me. Parenting logistics stuff. Again, we're, we're going through this as we, you know, parent a four year old and four and a half year old as they each, as they get older, everything changes and we're just, we're still working on it. Four year old and a one and a half year old. I meant like, as he gets older, it's like you're parenting a four year old. And then yes, we also have a one and a half year old. So we've got a little bit to offer here in terms of just our experience, but let's dive in. First question. How do you guys discuss new parenting techniques? It seems that you've changed your approach a little from Bear to Camille. Has it been you bringing information back to your husband? 
in parentheses, she writes, this is how it's been in our family, but I'd like to give my husband some resources to do his own research. What's your take on that? We just had a discussion about this. Was that a question for you? Um, well, it's for both of us. Okay. Um, what what would you, what's your perception of how we discuss parenting techniques? Honestly. (laughs) So, man, I don't know. So first of all, we, we haven't yet picked a technique that we're, I don't know. It's like, there's just my view on parenting has been that like, there's certain principles that I want our kids to learn, right? Like integrity or humility or, you know, just basic like human principles, techniques. I don't know. It's, it's the week with anything. It's like, if you learn the foundations and the principles and the basics, I feel like other stuff falls into line. And so I'm very weary of like techniques and like systems and, you know, it's like, go to this seminar and learn this. And like, we've tried, like we did try, like Bears school was offering this, what was it? Positive discipline, right? Mm -hmm. It's like this whole system and there's books and workbooks and seminars and all these things. And I was, you know, I was pretty wary, but I was like, look, Bear is like a heathen, like right now he is, (laughs) he's four, he's four and he is a mess. And so we're like, let's try and figure this out. You know, let's go to this thing. Let's see what it's all about. So, of course, we go there and we learn these techniques. But you brought that up to me. I did. I you, brought that yeah. up because I saw it at Bear School. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was getting a little desperate because, you know. We've tried a bunch of things. Tried, you know, it's just, it's hard to know. Like, you know, who knows? Yeah. And so we're trying to figure this out with Bear. And we're like, well, let's try this thing. Positive discipline. Sounds fancy. Let's go try it. So we go and we learn these little techniques and we try them. And it's like nothing works. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, I just feel like you can't box up a technique and throw it onto your kid and expect it to work. I just right. feel like maybe you can learn basic principles and ideas and grab onto what makes sense for each kid. Cause I feel like each kid is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just, we learned this with like when we were trying to get bear to sleep through the night, we tried like four or five different sleep techniques, right? Like reading different books, different perspectives, like this shit doesn't work. Like, <laughs> You know, this is not like, our kid. You don't know our child. Yeah, and so, I don't know. I'd say that I'm weary of techniques. I think as long as we are we have basic foundational principles ingrained into what we want to teach our kids, um, that should be the basis. And then other things, it's just learn as you go. It's like, Bear does not respond at all to certain things. Like, when I'm like... Hey, we need to do this because whatever, like he doesn't really respond to like reasoning. Obviously he's four, but it's like, you know, if, if you, I don't know, it's like, he's a very emotional kid. And so there's different ways to deal with an emotional kid than a kid that's like logical, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, like, I, like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is we don't, I mean, we talk about parenting techniques, but I think the main thing we're really trying to nail down is like, what do we really want our kids to know and how are we going to enforce that in our house? So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's all totally accurate. Um, I know in a spirit of full disclosure, we've recently had some disagreements about certain parenting things. Um, and really what it comes down to is just communication. Like I, if I disagree with something that happens, like I will bring that up with Tim, try not to let it stew so that he knows. I mean, it's like, we're, we don't know what we're doing and yeah. 
if something feels like inherently just eh, like I didn't feel like that was a good a good move. Yeah. Um, we try and talk about it, and usually usually it's well received. Or if it's not well well received initially, like we sit on it a little bit yeah, and then we'll just fight. <laughs> we just have a knockdown drag out, and whoever wins wins. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. We don't do that. Um, but you know, in terms of just naturally, I feel like. Most of the time, it's the mom who's the woman, sorry, the woman who is more trying to seek out techniques. So I feel like I, if I am trying, like, so last night I was researching or I I found something um, kind of like a positive discipline, positive parenting um, online course. And I really liked what I was reading and um, it has like this manifesto that was like ringing true to me because... I I do look for more structure, um, and I agree with everything that Tim was saying in terms of like what I want to impart to our children. But I also feel like at a loss on how to do that sometimes. And so, anyways, I found this this parenting online class, and it had a bunch of like toolkits and stuff that you can order and games you can play with your kiddo. And at first, I like I sent Tim the the link, and I was like, hey, I want to do this, and he kind of like, why don't you just read a book type of thing? Which you know, I don't. I don't read books like he does. <laughs> I mean, if I read a book, it's like fiction. Um, I don't read nonfiction books. Sorry, you know that about me, babe. So anyways, I was like, I'm not going to read a book. I'm really interested in this. This is why. Um, would you, will you sit down and watch this video with me? And he was like, okay, cool. So that was, we haven't watched the video yet, but we plan on doing that tonight because it's kind of yeah. long. But, um, you know, we're going to sit down and watch it. And then if we both are on board, we'll probably go ahead and do it. So it's not, it's usually not one person saying, this is what we're going to do now. It's, it's again, it's a conversation. I feel like the, the thing that keeps coming up is just communication. It's like constant back and forth. It's never one person just like blindly, like leading the way. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. It's like, Jess knows, like what I just said, it's like, I'm weary of these like techniques and like systems and but it's like she knows that but this system that she's looking at she's like this is really ringing true to me it's making sense will you watch it with me and it's a it's a conversation and it's a question it's not hey this is what i found and we're doing it like you're sitting down with me tonight and we're watching this so it's you know and then on my part it's like being you know open enough to say okay well let's let's check it out maybe there's things we can grab onto and learn. Like I'm not against learning things. It's just a matter of, I don't know. You're a rebel. He's a rebel. If you know the four (laughs) tendencies, he doesn't want to be pigeonholed into any one type of thing. I mean, not that that's not what he's saying, but like just deep down, he's not really a rule follower or like a, he's not going to like join aware parenting, like, anonymous or whatever and like be their <laughs> leader or anything even though he believes in some of those ideas you know yeah, so. I just yeah like it's like um I don't know it's there's just things you can learn from everywhere that you can put together and make sense for your situation totally. and so that's why I'm wary of like let's do this system for bear right, right. let's let's follow these guidelines so yeah. it's just you know I'm not I'm not opposed to learning new things right Great job. Okay. So, uh, we've been going for a while. We have a lot more questions, so I'm going to, we're going to kind of do a little rapid fire. Rapid fire. Well, not rapid fire, but we'll try and 
Okay. We're chatty, apparently. How long have we been going? <laughs> I don't know. I can't really see how long. Okay. But it's been about 45 minutes. Okay. Okay. So, next question. This listener says, I can't wait. I know these will both be epic episodes. You've chatted about how y'all divide and conquer for dinner and bedtime. What does that look like? How long did it take slash how did y'all get that time at night sans kids? So she wants to know about our, how we divide and conquer in the evening and then how long did it take for us to really get that down to where we had that time in the evening? Uh, well, it cha- so it changed from having one kid to having two kids. Yeah. So the whole thing changed, but... <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like we were talking about this the other day, actually just says that we really talked about this and like made a plan. And I am really, I just don't believe that. I think, (laughs) I think it just happened. I don't know. That's kind of a crappy answer, but like we get home and like you said, like we know what needs to be done. Right. In order for us to get that time. In the evening, like, we know what has to happen or else we're going to be staying up late yeah. doing those things. Like, right? we know we know our kids go to bed around 8. We get home, you know, 4, 4.35, whatever. And so we know. Kids' bedtime is at 8, and there's these whatever, 8 things that need to get done. I don't know how many it is. But it's like, we need to cook dinner, right? We cook need, dinner. We need to eat. Eat. <laughs> we're counting now. Um, we need to pack Bear's lunch. Pack Bear's lunch. That's a huge one. We hate doing that. Yep. We need to bathe the kids. Bathe the kids. We need to get them dressed for bed. Get them dressed. We need to clean the kitchen. Clean the kitchen. Do the dishes. Yep. Um, we need to pick up the house. Pick up the house. That's seven. That's we have to have one more. We need to put the kids to bed. Well, read them a story slash put them. <laughs> yeah, read them. Yeah. Read them a story. Put them. I mean, there's all these little things in between. Feed the there. dogs. Yeah. Make sure the dogs aren't chewing something up. Yeah, like <laughs> make sure clean, wash the bottles. Put milk yeah. in the bottles. Like there's there's all these little things, but those are like the big things. And so we know what we need to do. So it's usually like whoever gets home first is cooking, like because yeah. you're there. So yeah. it's like get dinner started. And so that one's. I guess pretty obvious. Like we had a system for a while where Jess would get home and I would walk Camille, which was, I loved it. Like Mm -hmm. we would walk every day, but they both need to get outside in the evening. Yeah. Camille and I are, I think very similar. Bear and Jess are pretty similar. Yeah. But yeah, Camille and I, it's like after a, you know, after a long day at daycare, (laughs) it's like she needed to just chill out. And so we would take like a long walk, like an hour walk or something. And during that time, Jess would knock out a lot of stuff. You we know. would let Bear watch some television. Yeah, full cool. disclosure, he would watch some television because, you know, he's been at school all day, like, keeping his shit together and yeah, he, being his, respectful and learning. And he his likes, zone out yeah. is to watch a movie. Yeah, he watch gets some, a movie or an episode. Toy Story. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, that worked out really well because, you know, I could get out of the house. Jess could be in the kitchen by herself cooking. Um, packing bears lunch, just getting things ready. But lately be- because of ice Mageddon, <laughs> no, cause it's been cold. And also I think Camille's k- kind of like, I mean, she's a mover now, like mm-hmm. similar to me. And so now it's like, she gets a little restless when I put her in the stroller. It's like, she wants to get out and move yeah. around. And so we haven't been going in as many walks. Um, but back to the question, it's like whoever's home first cooks mm-hmm. and tries to do bears lunch as well for the next day. And then we all, eat together. Like, I think that's important. We try and 
all sit around the table so, together and all eat. sit somewhere. We all sit somewhere and we all eat, which is mainly Jess and I scarfing down food and then trying to get trying to get Bear to eat. <laughs> Which Camille's is, like dancing around. Yeah, barely any food gets into her. It's mouth. a mess. It's it is a mess, but yeah, it's a shit show. But it's like it really works as far as like <laughs> yeah. air quotes. It works. <laughs> when I say works, I mean it's like my goal is to sit down with our family and eat. Yeah, right. Like we need that time together. We talk. But yeah, most of the time it's like, bear, put a bite of food in your mouth. Bear, like, holy down. cow. Stop bothering your sister. Camille. Quit stop. giving the dogs <laughs> food. Like, so yeah, it's a mess, but it's, it's fun. And so that happens. Then it's like, okay, Jess goes, starts the bath. Usually she's getting the bath ready with Camille. I'm starting to clean the kitchen. Um, and that's, you know, that's. I mean, I don't know if we just decided that or what, but Jess always bathes the kids and I always clean the kitchen. Because I hate the dishes. I mean, it's like something that's just been established. Like, I'm not doing the dishes. I yeah. just, I can't. Jess doesn't do the dishes. <laughs> I do. I never do the dishes. So it's like something that's just like, okay, if I'm not going to do the dishes, then I'm going to bathe the kids every night. And sometimes yeah. we'll switch. Like, if I'm just like, I cannot do this. Yeah, sometimes we'll switch and I'll bathe the kids and Jess will leave the dishes in the, in the sink. <laughs> and I will sit on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so we, yeah, Jess bathes the kids and it works out as far as timing. Like Jess will say like, Hey, you know, we're almost ready to get out. And by that time I'm pretty much finishing up the kitchen, like yeah. cleaning the kitchen. He'll get a bottle ready. He'll yeah. like get, um, Camille's still in our room. So he'll like get the wide noise machine going get her jammies ready. Like it's just a well-oiled machine and we just figured it out by trial and error. And if something wasn't working, honestly, it's usually, it was usually me saying like, Hey, I need you to have like do this or yeah. like, can you do this and have it ready? And it's not like Tim, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not like resenting me cause I'm asking you to do something. No. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like this is something I can do to make this go smoother. And once you did it and realized like this makes it go easier. It's like, yeah. Why wouldn't? Yeah, if I for like I'm forgetful, I'll forget things. So Jess reminds me, like, oh hey, you know, we're taking the class snacks tomorrow. Like, make sure you pack that. It's yeah. like I would never remember that. And yeah. So anyway, yeah, like. But it's not nagging, you know. Like no. I feel like it's something that I'm, and I don't resent having to remind you. And I was listening to Lauren Rusty's episode too. They have the same thing. It's like it's just. We're different. We focus on different things, and I recognize about that about you. And hopefully, you realize that every time I remind you about something, it's coming from a place of like, I just want to make sure this goes efficiently so we can hang out. Yeah, like our whole end goal is like to preserve that time together in the evening for whatever we want to do. Yeah, exactly. And as far as like, I know putting a bow on this question, how long it took us? Um, I would say, how would he like Camille was like maybe four months, five months. Well, it always changes. It's, yeah, it's like it changes. When but she's a newborn, it's different. Yeah. It's like when it's just one kid, it's different. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, I don't know. It's hard to quantify how long it took us to figure that out. Yeah. It's just, it's an evolving, it's an evolving thing. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, even Camille will still, I mean, it's rare now, but she'll wake up after we've put, put them down for the night and one yeah. of us has to go in there. It kind of interrupts that time. But I feel like the biggest thing we've learned from Bear to Camille is just that to roll with it and it's not the end of the world and tomorrow's going to be different whether that's a good or a bad thing we're just yeah. much more like i don't know accepting i guess yeah i mean yeah 
maybe not accepting, but just learning to like go with it. Yeah. So, okay. Let's see. Ta-da-da. Let's see. Let's go. Let's skip ahead. Let's do some postpartum questions. So most of the listeners know that I suffered with some postpartum depression and anxiety after Bear's birth. Um, babe, just so you know, we've talked about that on the podcast. You don't listen to the podcast, do you? Nope. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Um, so a lot of, we've got a lot of questions about this because we have um, listeners that have suffered through the same thing. And really, most of them want to know just how, how we got through it together. So first question, how was Tim able to support me through the postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety phase? Though this reader has a handle majority of the time on a hard day, her poor husband and dog get the brunt of her moods. She feels horrible even as it's happening, but not sure how your support, meaning Tim, uh, looked like in this tough phase. So I'll kind of give my two cents and then you can, do you even remember what that was like? Uh, I, I mean, yes. Were you aware that I was, I mean, we talked about it. I, I think I didn't really understand it until later. Like yeah. When Bear was older, like that was postpartum depression. Yeah. Like, what did you see? How, what is your viewpoint of how I was after Bear's birth? This is very interesting to me because I've never asked you. Yeah, it's. I don't. I mean, I know it was hard. Like, the birth was hard. And so, like, knowing that, not only, like, I mean, not only, like, Physically, like you were physically beat up from the birth, but like mentally, emotionally, and then it's like now we have this little kid that we love so much, and like the kid won't stop crying, like he doesn't sleep, like he had trouble feeding. I'm sure everyone knows all this stuff, but it was just rough. And to be honest, it's like I have like I cannot really like remember like what I was thinking or what, you know, like how can I support Jess right now? Like, I think we were just surviving. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I will say as far as like, I knew like knowing that Jess was physically and like mentally and emotionally, like just jacked up. Like I knew that my place was just to be there in any way I could, whether that's you know, cleaning or going grocery shopping or whatever, like doing very practical things like that. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, just like listening, you know, letting just talk and cry. It's like, so I do remember like you would cry and I had no idea why you're crying and I had no idea how to help you. And like, as a guy, that's usually like, what the hell do I do? <laughs> It's like this woman is crying and I can't fix it. And she won't tell me why she's crying. And she's saying she doesn't know. And it's like, you you know, dudes just want to fix everything. And so that was hard. Um, But just knowing like, all you got to do is just be there. Like, I feel like that's all I really could do. But yeah, I just think it was like survival mode. It was just, let's figure this out and let's survive and get through it. And, you know, but like you said, it's not like we were like, Oh, she has postpartum depression. Let's Google it and figure out what to do and, you know, tactics. Yeah. (laughs) So it was just, it was just really just trying to be there for her. You know, anything she would ask me to do, just do it. Like no complaining, no grumbling, like trying to get ahead of it. Like, Oh, I know Jess would love it if this house was clean. I'm going to clean it. Mm -hmm. And so just trying to stay ahead there. Um, and then yeah, emotionally just, 
even though I'm like, what is going on? I have no idea what we're talking about. I'm just going to sit here and listen and be here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally true. I mean, we weren't really aware what was going on, but at the same time, I, I know he supported me by being in it with me, you know, to a certain extent, as much as he could. Um, and, an example of that would be, you know, a lot of times, say a mom's going through postpartum depression and she's freaking out because her whole life is different. And now she's like solely focused on this baby and she can't go out with friends. And, you know, she's attached to the baby because they're nursing and no one else can help the baby except for her. And a lot of times, I'm not saying everybody, but sometimes it can be worsened when maybe the dad appears that his life is just going on as an as normal, like, you know, he gets time with friends, he gets alone time, he gets, you know, to do everything that he used to do. And I will say that Tim was there. Like, he didn't leave me. I mean, obviously, there were times where he he has to work. Like, there, he did see friends or, like, have time to himself, but it wasn't so much that it was, like, this building up of resentment. Like, he doesn't understand what I'm going through because he was going through the same thing. Like, we were both... Re- you know, he wasn't, didn't have postpartum depression, but, you know, he was really feeling the impact of what I was feeling just minus the hormones, you know, that was making it a lot worse. Um, and so, yeah, it's just like what he said, just him listening and again, all the practical things, because that would make it 10 times worse. It's like, I can't even shower. I can't cook dinner. I can't, I can't watch. um, I, I remember we were trying to watch Homeland one time and Bear would not sleep, and I was just like, I can't even relax and enjoy like a movie right now. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, I don't know. He was just he was in it with me. And then with Camille, I didn't have postpartum depression, but there was a time there where I was like very emotional and crying. We had just moved, and a normal thing. But I remember you saying like, I don't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, I don't know what's going on. Like you're, you're crying. Like again, this communication. Yeah. Um, and it always, for us, at least as a couple went back to acts of service. Like he can't change what the way I'm feeling. He can't fully understand. He's just going to listen. And he's also yeah. going to do the things that I need him to do without question. Yeah. And, and I huge. think that made me think of something. It's like, Sometimes I feel like, like Jess, and I know this is something she struggles with and I'm sure she's talked about it, but it's like, sometimes she'll just feel bad about asking me to do something. It's like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to, I just feel bad. Like it's so annoying. And I tell her all the time. And especially at a time like that, I mean, obviously don't tell the girl that she's annoying, but (laughs) it's like, I would just tell her, like, look, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, like just tell me what Mm -hmm. to do. Tell me what you want me to do. And I know like that can be either liberating or frustrating for the girl because maybe you don't know what you want homeboy to do, but you know, if there's some, it's like, even if it's just like, just sit here and listen to me, it's like, okay, I can do that. And I feel like girls, I'll go ahead. Like I'll say girls just like expect men to know what they're thinking, which is very frustrating. But Jess has gotten to the point where I've told her, I'm like, look, I don't know what you're thinking and I don't know what you want and I need you to explain it to me. Like, think of me like some dumb caveman <laughs> that doesn't understand and it's like, you have to spell it out. Yeah. And so I think that can be helpful. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes that can't be because it's like, I don't know what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. Just be, you know, even if it's just sit here. I just feel like it's helpful for the guy 
I don't know. It's, it's just, I don't know. Like with relationships, it can be weird, but it's like there's, there should be enough trust in the relationship where the guy can say, tell me what you want me to do. And the girl shouldn't get mad. Mm -hmm. They should say, okay, I do need to explain it to this dumb dude. (laughs) Like, I need you to pick up the floor when there's shit (laughs) on the floor. And it's like, you would think that's obvious, but the guys just like walked right past it. So anyway, I think just being very clear in your communication. I totally 100% agree. Okay, another question about postpartum. Um, this reader, this listener says, I struggled and am currently struggling with postpartum depression. One thing that I worry about is how postpartum depression may be affecting my husband. I hope this isn't too personal, but how did you feel about the postpartum depression that you experienced? Any advice? Thanks. She loves listening to the podcast. So I think this is to you. How did you feel? She's worried about how her husband is being affected by her postpartum depression. From your experience... How did you feel going through it? I mean, I guess we just kind of talked talked about about this, but it's like, A, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, But you could tell, like, things were not, like, I wasn't happy. Oh, yeah. I could totally tell. Um, I think I just kept telling myself, like, you're not going to understand this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, just be there. Like, just be there and listen and do what you can. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... How was it, like, maybe you have this view of your wife being one way, like, before Bear was born. You know, we did things a certain way, we were happy, like, laughing, like, not quite as stressed, all that stuff. And then, was it hard for you to go to now, like, postpartum, and it's like... Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a giant life change I mean you you went from like this fun happy young couple to like new parents that don't know what the shit you're doing it's <laughs> like and your wife is crying and the baby's crying and you feel super helpless it's like but I mean, you don't have boobs yeah it's like <laughs> but I don't know it's yeah of course I recognize that I recognize that it's like our life will never be the same and this is I mean, not thinking of it then, but looking back now, it's like, that's one of the roughest seasons is, mm-hmm. is newborn first baby, especially if you had a traumatic birth, especially not knowing what you're doing. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I totally recognize that as far as like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say like I had it all figured out. It was just roll with it, figure it out as you go. And do the best you can, like love your wife, love the kid, serve, you know, just like man up, like put yourself (laughs) last, like the kid and the wife is number one, all your shit. Like you don't get to go hang out with buzz and drink beer and do it. It's like, you're, you're there, like figure it out. So I don't know. Yeah, I totally. And you know, we have, the last question is just basically, you know, how did Tim support me through those tough times? I feel like we've talked about it, but really I've always, always 100% felt like no matter what I'm going through, how bad I feel about myself or how much I think I'm just blowing this. Like I never once thought Tim is going to leave me or like he's over it. Like he can't handle it. Um, I don't know. I just feel like we get the communication we've established is just a huge part of that. Um, just 
commitment, I guess would say. Like, I know he's committed to us and to our relationship, our family, and that he's here until this passes. Or if it never passes, like, he's still here, you know? He's here to get me the help that I need or whatever. It's kind of rambly, you know? But, like, it's just... Ladies, if if you are feeling a certain way or, like, you just don't feel like your husband gets it, well, hey, maybe he'll listen to the podcast (laughs) and hear it from a dude. Um, But it's just, it's not forever. Postpartum, you know, that postpartum period hopefully is not forever. Um, It's just a phase. And if you guys can hang on through it and get through it and still be supportive and loving towards one another, then you'll come out on the other side of it. Because we definitely have. Like, I'm not... I definitely feel more like myself. I'm not, I didn't experience postpartum depression with Camille for a variety of reasons, but, um, having gone through that experience too together and coming out the other side, it's like, you can almost like safely say like, okay, we can get through anything. Cause that was like freaking hard. Yeah. That was really, really hard. Um, so I think, I think God helps you uh, forget stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's part of it, too. <laughs> well, that's why we had a second baby or else, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think, like, I guess in, as we're closing, as far as the girls listening, right, like, just be clear with your guy. Like, don't be afraid to be clear about what you want him to do, you know? Like, say, hey, I need you to do this. Like... And if you say it in somewhat of a loving way, like, look, this is what I need and please do this and be very clear. Like, Mm -hmm. I really need you. Like, it would help me so much if you picked up the laundry off the couch, folded it and put it in the drawers. Right. Like very explicit and very clear. Like Mm -hmm. instead of being vague and saying, yeah, if you just would pick up. If you would just do something around here. Yeah. (laughs) So I think, you know, being loving, but then, you know, I don't know. It's like you got to gauge it, but when the time comes to like be firm, yeah, you got to be firm and you got to just tell your dude, like he's got a man up and Mm -hmm. like Jess is not afraid to do that, which I like. Like (laughs) she, she has been hesitant at times, but if I need to get my shit together, she'll tell me. And like I said, it's like, I don't really care what people think about me, but I really care what Jess thinks about me. And if she tells me that I'm messing up somewhere and that I need to fix it, like, I'm on it. Yeah. And so I feel like girls don't really quite grasp how much of a like impact they can have by saying something like, Hey, I need you to lead. I need you to do this. Like, don't be like, you're really sucking at this right now. (laughs) Get your shit together. But you know, it's like, there's a balance and you got to figure out like, you know, your man and like what he can take and you know, what's going to be impactful to him. There's, times when you need to say something very loving and then there's times when you need to be firm so but the biggest thing is just being super clear yeah about what you need and what you want totally 100 percent um and the last part so i'm going to combine these last two questions but it's all about support um lister wants to know what are things your partner jess what are things that i did pre-pregnancy during pregnancy and postpartum that were especially helpful to you tim as you were navigating pregnancy slash becoming a parent. So how did I prepare you for becoming a parent uh, throughout the whole thing? Did I do anything? Or were we, I don't, we weren't prepared. Yeah. <laughs> There's this mythology that you can be Prepare. prepared, right? <laughs> People have been figuring this out 
as first time parents for thousands of years. I don't think yeah. it's like there's just you didn't read any books, did you? No. We went to a parenting class, or not a parenting class. We went to birthing from within. Yeah. That class. How did you feel about that? I mean, it was fun. <laughs> it did not prepare me to be a parent. Right. Well, but like for the birth. No. Not really. No. Because ours was a little bit more difficult. Um, so it wasn't like your textbook delivery. And I feel like in the moment, you're like, I wasn't even, it didn't prepare me at all for no. what to expect, even though we like literally watched someone give birth, well, on video. But like we talked about all these things and like it just wasn't how it was supposed to be. So no, you can't. I didn't, yeah, I don't even think. Honestly, I agree. (laughs) I wasn't prepared in any way, shape, or form. But looking back, trying to think, like, things that would have been helpful. Having your first kid prepares you for your second kid. Poor bear. He's like our experiment. (laughs) Um, I mean, but that's true. As much as I I wish it wasn't so, like, we do a lot of things differently now with Camille because we tried things with Bear that didn't work. Um, And, you know, even breastfeeding, like, that experience went much smoother, even though it was technically more difficult the second time around. Um, It went smoother because I knew what to expect. And it's, like, things you can't, you just can't read about anything you can't read about pregnancy and delivery and really understand it until you experience it you can't read about breastfeeding until you feel what it's like to like try and get a little baby to latch or like you know try and troubleshoot it you can't read about what it's like to discipline a strong-willed four-year-old until like you yeah (laughs) and really understand it until you go through it so there was sam i think got us a book a book it's like yellow and it has this dude on the front. It's like, I forget the name of it. Well, I'll link to it in the show notes. Anyway, I glanced through that and it was funny and it was like kind of teaching a dad like what to expect. And there's like little illustrations. It was pretty funny. Um, but it's not like I read that and I was like, yeah, I got this. But what's (laughs) funny, but what's funny about it is that if I pick up that book now and look through it and I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Like, when they're a newborn, they're like this blob that you can't help and they don't yeah. want you. And then you just don't even know what to think about it. Like that is what I experienced, but yeah. it's not like I read that book first and, and you were totally, totally got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a myth. You can't. And do you feel like I've heard this several times before, babe, but do you feel like for women, like they become a mom the second they find out they're pregnant, like they're totally invested. Like this is their baby. Did you not really feel that until you actually like, saw bear like because tim got to catch bear which was amazing yeah um but like then take him to the hospital then take him to the hospital (laughs) without me um so they bonded yeah initially right away but like how did you feel that's like partially true like you didn't really feel that love like i'm sure you loved bear while he was in my belly but like yeah you saw him you could feel him touch him hear him yeah like was it then that you were like oh shit like yeah. This is, I'm a dad. Yeah. I'd even. Even maybe later. Even later. Like, yeah. I mean, it sounds weird. It's like I caught the baby. I was like, this is my baby. But it's like with everything going on and then like taking him to the hospital. And then like, I remember one of our, uh, one of the midwives went to the hospital with me and she was like, talk, you know, talk to him. He can hear you. And I'm just like, what? Like, really? He's in this 
like chamber thing and like she's like yeah like it's okay bear and i just felt silly like talking to the newborn and and even even in that book it's like you really don't start feeling like because like you said it's like when the baby's a newborn it's like they're latched onto mama you know they're just kind of this blob and nothing can comfort the baby and it's like what is this thing like (laughs) crying all the time taking my money like <laughs> oh my gosh just kidding no bear doesn't listen to this. no but yeah it's like i don't know i can't tell you the exact moments but it's like when the kid starts like looking at you and smiling and it's like that's when it's, it really hits you hard like mm-hmm. this is my child yeah but yeah the newborn it's still just like there's a there's a baby i don't yeah. know yeah <laughs> i don't know about this but, I mean, all that to say, it's not like... I would say you were super involved, even as much as you could be, like, with a newborn and the baby being, like, attached to my boob at 24-7. Yeah. So, like, Tim, we had nursing troubles, and Tim would literally... We had to use an SNS, like a supplemental nursing system. He would, like, stand over my shoulder with this little thing. <laughs> it's while like an I, IV. Yeah, like an IV, trying to, like you know, help me as much as he can nurse bear and, you know, changing diapers. Like you were never the guy that was like, I'm not changing diapers. You know, you were very hands-on in everything that you could do. And I think that helped formulate the bond. You know what I mean? It's like, I, yeah, I can't feed the baby and the baby has this like innate desire to want to be with mom right now. It's like fourth trimester, but you were still, and he said it like, I don't I feel weird talking to the baby. You still talk. I mean, you talked to Bear. You were there. Like, you yeah. were loving. You did skin to skin. We have pictures of him with little Bear with, like, the cannulas in his nose. Just, like, yeah. him and Daddy, like, you know, yeah. right there. So, you know, I... We're yeah. kind of going on tangent on this one, but it, it's well, I not want, to I say, don't want people to take it the wrong way. Like, yeah. what is this thing? Like, it's just... I don't know. It's, like, one of those things... Like I talked about earlier, it's like, I didn't know how I felt. Yeah. It's like, here's this baby. I love the kid. It's like, but I just, it's weird. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know, like when you feel that like connection of, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like, I can't really explain it, you know? But now you guys are best friends. Yeah, we're buds. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they love each other like fiercely and same with Camille. Um, Was it different with Camille? Yes. Was it? Well, I mean, not like... I mean, you love them both equally, obviously, but like... But yeah, there's just something about holding a daughter that's different than a son. I don't know. I mean, I love both of the kids, but it's like, I don't know. Having a a son, amazing. Having a daughter, amazing in a different way. Yeah. So it's like it was different, not that one's better than the other. It's just... Well, yeah, and I think that's fairly a fairly typical response. I mean, like you with bear, like you're trying to teach him certain things that you value as a man. And, you know, I'm trying to teach him certain things that I value in a partner. And so it's different. It's, it's different the way we connect with each gender. Sure. And same with Camille. Like I want her to be strong, fierce, independent woman. And you're, (laughs) you are teaching her how, what she should look like in a relationship, you know, what she should look for in a man when she finds them and so she's 18 months okay i'm talking about in the future you 
This is this is what I deal with on a daily basis. Okay, now Camille, <laughs> this is what you want to act like to be a lady. I'm talking about <laughs> in the way we demonstrate love to each other. Like she watches us. Her and Bear are like obsessed with us, like kissing and hugging and yeah, you it's, know, it's modeling. It's like we it's want modeling. we want our kids to see like what a loving marriage looks like, mm-hmm. and you know, and I'll even like Bear's old enough now where I can talk about it. It's mm-hmm. like just the other day, like we were in the room and I mean, I forget exactly what I was doing. I was doing something for you. And I was like, bear, do you know why daddy does this for mama? Like she didn't, I said, mama didn't ask daddy to do this, but I'm doing it because it's going to make her happy. And like, I was just like really elementary lessons <laughs> in like, you know, like relationships one oh one with our four year old, mm-hmm. but you know, at least starting that and like, so that now when he sees it, he's starting to understand like, Oh, that's why he's doing that. So it's like, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. It's like, it's different. We love both kids, but we're trying to teach them different things. We're trying to model, you know, what we hope for them. And just on an individual level, like I, Bear and I are very similar. Like we connect in a very distinct way because we're similar. And the same with you and Camille, like already she's only 18 months, but like you guys are very similar in a lot of ways. So y'all connect differently. And that's not answering this question at all, but there you go. Some extra <laughs> tidbits about our life. What was the question? Just yeah. Um, so no, you don't have to. Wait, I'm not going to repeat okay. it. But so the last one. Okay, last question. All right. What's the one thing that you do each do for each other that makes the biggest impact? What? Okay, so I answer what you do for me. Yes, and I'll do vice versa. That has the biggest impact. Yes. Like ever. Like ever. <sighs> uh. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, the biggest thing that you do for me that makes the is this in regards to like parenting or like just it's a very general question ever biggest impact ever. in your life. Okay, you go first. Um, God, that's a good question. The dishes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I don't think you understand how much I hate the dishes. <laughs> Well, man, I'm getting points every day then. I wash the dishes like three times a day. Jeez. Okay, the dishes, but also just intuitively supporting me. Like, yeah. just not not taking offense when shit needs to get done and I ask you to do something. That's, I mean, we're getting, it's more than one thing, but like, just knowing what I need and doing it, you know? And that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, it's we've discussed it. I've asked him. And he's following through. Our dogs are barking. Um, and for him to show up and do that every day, 99% of the time without me having to remind him, um, is huge. Yeah. That makes a huge... It makes my life easier. It makes me able to focus on my kids and parent more efficiently. It makes me able to focus on work, business, life, myself, him. You know, it, I, it all comes back around too to like, if he does these things, then I can be a better partner to him and we can spend time together and I can be more in tune to his needs. So that's the biggest thing for me. So. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I guess, can, so can I be real here? You can be real. <laughs> oh God, what are you going to say? <laughs> Uh, you can be real just talk about it it's sex isn't it this is awkward yes (laughs) just talk about it so like dudes Mm -hmm. like we like sex (laughs) 
right? <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's that was so sarcastic. weird. It's so weird. <laughs> no, I mean, but like I know it changes. Like mm-hmm. when you have kids and it's just like that other question, it's your priorities get all mixed and matched. And like as a guy, it's like I want to have sex with my wife. Like I think she's attractive. Like she's amazing. Like I want to have sex with her (laughs) and it's just, it gets really hard. It's like, shit. Like I know she's tired and we have a long day tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. So what has like a huge impact on me is like when Jess will initiate sex and that's not, I'm not saying like if she did it all the time, it's like, I know there's, it goes both ways and it's like, I have to be romantic and I have to do these things that will help Jess want to have sex with me. It's not like (laughs) transactional, like, Hey, let's, you know, whatever. I did the dishes. So now you, I know there's a give and take and it's like, there's, it's like, but it's like, Oh, well, are you being romantic? Cause you want sex or it's like, you know, it can get to where it becomes very transactional. And so there are times when Jess like will initiate with me, and it's like blows my mind. I'm like, this is amazing. You know, she, my wife wants to have sex with me. And I wasn't <laughs> even thinking about sex. It's like that, that has a huge impact. And it, it not only like physically, but like emotionally and mentally, it's like, it makes me feel like, wow, my wife doesn't just have sex with me just because I want it. It's like, she wants to have sex with me too. And so it goes back to that whole roommate thing. Like I don't just view you as like a roommate in this thing. Yeah. It's like, I actually desire you as a a partner. Yeah. So if it's just completely like, wasn't even on my mind out of the blue and then Jess will initiate, then that has like a huge impact on me. Like I said, not only physically, but like mentally, emotionally, everything. And so I love that. (laughs) There you go. Take note. (laughs) Take note. The last question Takeaway: Girls want you to do shit around the house. That makes the biggest impact. Guys want sex there. Boom. If y'all can just work out a way to make that. <laughs> Listen happen. to the last five minutes of this podcast, and you'll get the summary. <laughs> oh god, that's hilarious. Okay, that wraps it up, baby. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, it was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. We'll have to get you and Rusty back on. Maybe y'all can be together. Have a bro sesh. Have a bro sesh. I think that would be really fun. So, okay. Thanks for joining us. Um, as always, you can find us at, where can you find us? Holy moly. At Laura.RadicalRoots and at Jess.HoldTheSpace. We have a Facebook group, The Modern Mama's Tribe. Join us there. We have tons of amazing members. Um, Tim, do you want people to find you on Instagram? No. <laughs> He's not a social media person, so you could probably find him on social media, but he never posts there. So find us on our social meds, and we will talk to you guys later. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That was perfect. Hey, guys. Jess here. Just wanted to give you the heads up on a great deal that we don't want you to miss out on. Laura and I have recently teamed up with our friends at ButcherBox to bring you an amazing offer on premium grass-fed, hormone, and antibiotic-free meats delivered right to your door. We've absolutely been loving the opportunity to put together our own custom boxes of the highest quality beef, pork, and chicken. And we definitely don't want you guys to miss out on the chance to try it too. Right now, if you visit butcherbox.com forward slash modern mamas, 
you get the chance to get $10 off of your first box, plus two free 10-ounce grass-fed ribeyes. You definitely don't want to miss out on this deal, friends, so get on it.